Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! Who thought that we would ever utter the words, thank goodness for the Timberwolves on this half-hour sports show? This is the KDM Sports Wrap on a Wednesday morning. How are you doing, everybody? Well, how are you doing, non-Twins fans? Oh, man. Wolves win last night, their third win in a row, their longest winning streak all season long. We'll talk to Cal Soderquist on a Wolves Wednesday coming up next. Get his take on the on the Wolves. And I am going to play him the highlights. The the best highlight of the season didn't even happen from a player. It was it was Alan Horton in the Utah game. How do you like that? Oh, it's gonna be a fun conversation with Cal. We'll talk to Cal at about uh, 9.50 here this morning on KDLM. But first, let's break down the Twins' loss to Cleveland again. Alex Colome taken out of the closer role and still struggling in a non-pressure situation. We'll also recap some high school baseball scores from yesterday as well. The Lakers picking up two wins in Park Rapids. Rewind time. Handful of high school games yesterday. Let's start with the Lakers uh, in Park Rapids, and they get the two-game sweep, winning game one, eight to seven, and game two is a win for the Lakers as well in six innings. Final score is 12 to two. Laker baseball team back in action tomorrow at Aiken. Other scores of local interest, Holly and Barnesville played a doubleheader in boys baseball yesterday. Holly wins game one, nine to eight, and Barnesville takes game two, four to three. So Holly and Barnesville split yesterday. Monaga all over Bertha Hewitt Verndale yesterday, 16 to 1. Winnemac over Manoman Wabin, 4 to 3. And Stables Motley over the Crosby Ironton Rangers, 8 to 7 in game one. Game two uh, was rescheduled for a later date. If you missed Laker baseball yesterday, we will, we will have the game up available on our Lakers on demand page at KDLMRadio.com. You can find that game as well as every other Lakers broadcast we've had this season. So if you missed Laker baseball yesterday, want to listen back to those two wins, you can do so online at KDLMRadio.com. Buxton swings and launches high and deep to left field. Back it goes, deep it goes, and gone! Number seven for Buxton makes this a one-run game. It's 5-4 Cleveland. Here's a fun stat uh, with that 5-4 Cleveland lead right there. Byron Buxton, seven home runs on the season, the same number of Twins wins because the Twins lose last night. Final score, 7-4. Twins lose for the 13th time in the past 15 games. And it was not good. Kenta Maeda gave up a solo home run to Jose Marios in the first inning and another to Fran Mill Reyes in the second. The game was 2-2 two two 
at that point. There was a, a bad drop in the outfield last night from left fielder Alex Kirilov. And then came Alexander Colomay. Twins trying to stay in the game. Now tied at three. Now earlier yesterday, Colomay was demoted from the closer role to uh, to a, 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 a role where he could come in if, if the Twins are up, if the Twins are down. Just, just something so he's in a non-pressure situation. Uh, <laughs> three walks for Colomay. Walked in a run before he was pulled for Jorge Alcala. Alcala gave the Indians some insurance after plunking Jordan Luplo, who was the hero in Game 1, hit that walk-off to make it 5-3. to three. And uh, the Twins struggled offense went quietly into the night. They're now 7-15. We'll look to avoid the sweep today. As uh, Twins have an afternoon game, 11-30 pregame show, 12-10 first pitch from Cleveland. Rocco Baldelia talked to the media yesterday about the struggling Alexander Colomay and what to do with him at this point. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see uh, Alex uh, continue to pitch in, in the types of situations like we saw uh, today. We do. We, we have to build. We have to build him back up. We're going to get him in, in some spots where there's uh, you know some lower leverage games earlier in the game uh, and let him pitch. I think that's. I think that is. Uh, a big part of the answer here, and that and that's how you build back confidence. And I think that's the right thing to do, too, because two years ago, we talked about this yesterday, he had 30 saves for the White Sox. Last year, had an ERA of .81, and you don't suddenly go from that to what we have seen from Alex Colomay right now. Build his confidence back up, because I still have faith in Alex Colomay. I may be the only person in Minnesota saying that this morning. This guy is a good pitcher who's going through a rough streak, Give him a couple more chances, and then reassess in a week. Twins are off tomorrow, then begin a a seven-game homestand at Target Field on Friday. First three games against the first-place Kansas City Royals, and then four games against Kyle Gibson and the Texas Rangers. We've written the road to go to last-place Detroit. At least we hope they're still last-place Detroit at that point. Second half of the sports wrap. Here's what's coming up. We're going to have Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network joining us uh, on a Wolves Wednesday to talk about the red-hot Minnesota Timberwolves and whether that's a good thing right now, depending on what's going to happen with their top three lottery pick, where if the Wolves are not in the top three, their first-round pick goes to Golden State to complete the Andrew Wiggins trade. We'll talk to Cal Soderquist of the Wolves next on KDLM. I'm Kyle Montgomery with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The NFL Draft in Cleveland is now just a day away, and the buzz of who is going where is heating up. Florida tight end Kyle Pitts is projected to go fourth overall to Atlanta in most NFL.com mock drafts, but he told NFL Network Tuesday he thinks the first four picks will all be quarterback. Another top prospect, Alabama Heisman winning receiver Devontae Smith tells Good Morning Football he's tired of hearing concerns about his 166-pound weight. We play football, we're in the football business, we're not weightless and we're not bodybuilders, so I mean, like, it's football. That's what we're here for, so all the other stuff is irrelevant. I can do everything inside, outside. You put me on special teams, I mean, there's nothing I can do. No job is too big, so I mean, like, whatever you want to plug me in it, I mean, I can do that. Elsewhere, the Dolphins traded guard Eric Flowers to Washington for a swap of seventh-round picks. Washington also picked up the fifth-year option of Deron Payne, while the Steelers and Bears did the same for Mika Fitzpatrick and Roquan Smith, respectively. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Cal Soderquist with your Wolves Minute. Well, the Minnesota Timberwolves victorious yet again last night. This time, a win over the Houston Rockets. 114-107 was your final. Minnesota's third straight victory. They were led by Carl Anthony Towns. He had 31 points, 7 boards, and 5 dimes. 
filling up the stat sheet, but still fouling out in the game's final minutes, and the game still in the balance and meant others had to step up, including Jared Vanderbilt. He came off the bench, played some important minutes down the stretch, finished with 8.7 boards. Here's what he had to say about he and his teammates stepping up once Cat exited. Oh, we just wanted to turn up the physicality on defense, get them out of their sets. We know what they wanted to run. And uh, offensively, just execute every time down, get a good shot. I feel like we did that down the stretch, executed on both ends of the floor. A big night for several guys in that second unit. Vanderbilt had the eight points and seven boards. Juancho Hernan Gomez added 22 points on eight of 12 shooting, and the Wolves get that victory. Back in action on Thursday, hosting the Warriors. Cal Soderquist on the Timberwolves Radio Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk Minnesota golf next. Hey, it's Gardsy for Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, and it's that time of year to be freezing for a reason. And Special Olympics Minnesota needs our help now more than ever. And this year, they made it even easier to take the plunge. You can plunge in person at a safe and socially distant event or virtually. Affinity Plus wants to help you get started on your fundraising goal by contributing a $25 donation to the first 1,000 plungers to register at plungemn.org slash Affinity Plus. Join the fund today and make a difference this season. Affinity Plus, federally insured by NCUA. Golden Gopher senior golfer Angus Flanagan of Woking, England, has two huge weekends of golf coming up. The two-time reigning Big Ten Golfer of the Week has won medalist honors in each of his past two events. He and the Gophers are set to compete now in the Big Ten Championships at Crooked Stick in Indiana Friday through Sunday. And then he'll represent Great Britain in the Walker Cup, facing the USA the following weekend at Seminole Valley in Florida. The last year I've been playing some of the best golf I have. It's always hard being a northern school kind of coming out in February, March. We all struggle a bit because we haven't been, especially with COVID and stuff, we weren't able, able to take team trips and everything like that. So the first couple of tournaments, we were just kind of warming up and now we finally found our stride. And I can definitely say I'm playing some of the best golf I've ever had. I shot a 59 the other day at Troy Byrne just with <laughs> some of the guys on the team. It was weird. I watched a video of Wills Alatoris, the, like, the new hot guy on tour. And in college, someone said like he hold a putt from, I think it was like 25 feet on the 18th hole of like just a uh, game when he was at Wake Forest for 59. And I had a dream on Saturday night that I did it at Troy Byrne holding a 25 footer. But in the end, I only had to hold like a one foot putt for 59. So it was, it's weird how it ends up. But yeah, I definitely would say I'm playing some of the best golf of my life at the moment. That's Angus Flanagan. For more info on Gopher Golf, log on to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. It's time once again for Twins Minute. I'm Chris Atterbury. Well, the Twins lost in disheartening fashion as a 32-pitch bottom of the eighth from Alex Colomay entered with a one-run deficit, and the Twins end up giving up two in the inning without a single ball being put into play. That meant losses now for the Twins in 13 of 15 games. It meant a post-game meeting for Rocco Baldelli. There wasn't much debate in my mind about what uh, or if I was going to uh, talk to the guys or what I was going to say. This this. With just the way it's not the it's not just the wins and losses it's the way these games have played out that has made them especially tough to, to stomach and when that happens that's when I think that the team needs to be brought together uh, and and discuss things as a group and that's what we did yeah one of the things he pointed out was how hard they continue to play knowing that better things are on the horizon. And the Twins fans certainly hope so. This is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.
1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Wolves Wednesday. Wolves doing something last night they have not done since 2012. And to break it all down here, we've got Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network. Good morning, Cal. Good morning, Zeke. How are we doing? Doing well. But before we start, I found this this little clip yesterday um, from the Utah game. And it made me so happy because one of the guys I felt kind of bad for over this last recent stretch of Wolves basketball is Alan Horton, a guy who has to to give a description of every single blown fourth quarter lead, every single loss. And uh, when 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 uh, when D'Lo hit that game winning layup against Utah, we got one of these from Alan. How do you like that? And I thought, oh man, I'm, I, I got to add this into every every B bar I've got, every promo I've got because I love. How do you like that? I love excited Alan Horton on the radio. It's great. We we get those. Sometimes we're lucky enough to get them, you know, once every couple of months or, or sometimes it's only once or twice a season. And yeah, you can kind of feel, you know, I, I love that he's got the, the frustration just like the fans do. Right. That's yep. what that kind of reminds me of is, you know, he's, he's releasing that in the call sort of. Um, and, and sometimes, sometimes it's, you know, He's frustrated with the officials. Other times it's the opponent. Um, it, it could really be anything. So I, I love when we get that emotion. Um, and, and it kind of just sums it up really well for everyone who's either, you know, watched that game or listened to that game. And uh, it, it was it was a great moment. I, I joke that that might have to be a ringtone for me for a while, <laughs> at least when, when Alan's calling, then I know. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's had a great reason to be excited. The Wolves have won three straight games for the first time since 2013. Two of those on the road against the projected number one seed in the Western Conference playoffs in the Utah Jazz. Wolves undefeated against Utah. What is it about this Wolves team that makes them such a tough matchup for the Jazz? It's interesting because, like you said, you know, even they had the one win really early in the season, even before Chris Finch got here. Um, game two of the season, but for whatever reason, Minnesota matches up well with, with Utah. You know, I think uh, the Wolves really brought the physicality to the Jazz in terms of how they defended them and, and kind of forced them uh, into some uncomfortable situations. But maybe the biggest thing, and, and it's just kind of a luxury the Wolves have that not a lot of other teams have, is Carl Anthony Towns is a really tough matchup nightmare. And when Rudy Gobert has to follow him around out onto the perimeter a little bit more. Um, you know, he's such a skilled three-point shooter. He can even put it on the deck a little bit. Uh, it, it takes Gobert out of the paint where he's such a, a dominant force for that defense. And even if he's not blocking shots every night, uh, he still really impacts what, what opposing offenses try to do in terms of driving into the lane and, and, you know, finishing at the rim and all that stuff. So I think it was a combination of, you know, the, the matchups worked well. Uh, the Wolves had the right mindset. We've seen often this year that they have played up to their competition. You know, they, they get a little more fired up for those games, and that's something that a young team has to, has to kind of work on and make sure that they have that same intensity night in and night out. But, um, you know, yeah, it's, I think it's a big accomplishment because in franchise history they have never swept that, that season series with the Utah Jazz. Now, normally – their division opponent. You're playing them four ga- uh, four games a season. Mm-hmm. Sometimes long ago, even five. But you know, a sweep is a sweep, especially in a season that's going to be completed in full. Um, and so it's it's pretty cool when you consider, like you mentioned, they're they're the top seed in the West right now. Um, a lot of teams have had a lot of fits with them in, in matchups. So 
it's something that the Wolves can at least, you know, use internally as sort of a sign of progress, an indicator that they're building something and now they, they just have to make sure they don't take steps back. Yeah, because usually when the Wolves have two big wins like that, there is kind of that that step back game, the disappointment game. And it, it, it was it was primed and ready to go for last night against a Houston team that's 4-37 and 37 since February 4th, trending down, a team that has given the Wolves uh, trouble this season. I think the last time these two teams played, it was a 20-point victory for, for Utah. I mean, Cat had 31 points before he fouled out. It's a tie game at 102. Cat leaves with like two and a half minutes left. You think, all right, here we go. How are the Wolves going to to blow this one, but they didn't. Three straight wins for the Wolves now. Yeah, it was more of a more of a grinded out game and, and you kind of wondered if, if we'd get something like that with, you know, the sort of the adrenaline high, the emotional high of the two big, two big wins against the Jazz. And then you gotta go play a Rockets team that, you know, you kind of outlined how much they've struggled this year. Their injury list continues to kind of grow by the game and uh, you know they're very much a team looking toward next season and probably not uh, not worried about losing a few extra games down the stretch if it helps their their ping pong ball chances but I thought Minnesota did a good job of like you said you know Cat was leading the way he fouled out in the in the game's final minutes and it was still undecided you know they, they weathered a rally from Houston that saw the Rockets tie the game up with about two minutes to play, but then Minnesota kind of answered right back and slammed the door. You know, two Wancho free throws. Uh, they got a stop on the next possession, a big putback from Jared Vanderbilt, who kind of stepped up and yeah, filled the void of those cap minutes over the final few uh, few possessions. And then D'Lo again with, uh, you know, a really nice touch on an and one. He missed the free throw, but still hit the layup to, to give the Wolves a six-point lead, and it was kind of over from there. So, just more of a methodical, you know, there wasn't the big uh, go-ahead sort of game-winning bucket that we saw on Monday, but, you know, this team will take the wins. They, they've said that they're prioritizing continuity and, and trying to build something here over the final three three weeks of the season. So uh, this helps them continue to build. Yeah, I think, I think that helps them continue to build is, is is their big three is healthy right now and playing really, really well with, with Kat and Anthony Edwards and and D'Angelo Russell, fun game coming up next against the uh, the Golden State Warriors, who are fighting for uh, one of the play-in spots in the Western Conference playoffs. And in, in, in a game where you 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 look at the trade that happened last year, uh, Russell for Wiggins and that conditional first-round pick, Wolves fans torn at this point. I mean, I'm ecstatic the Wolves have won three games in a row. I'm, I'm sure Alan Horton is ecstatic that this team won three games in a row, but it does hurt those lottery chances because there's always those Wolves fans, you know. Wolves have 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 been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. You know we're, we're fighting for a top three pick in the draft because if we don't have that top three pick, it's going to go to Golden State to complete that Wiggins trade. Correct, and and yeah, I think you know the anxiety is natural, and and you know lottery day. I forget the date; I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I think it's coming up in either May or or maybe early June, but. Whenever those those lottery uh, spots are called, it's going to be sort of a, a nervy day, and, and rightfully so. But I think Gerson Rosas kind of summed it up best when he said, you know, they considered that the price of business, and, and that business is already done. You know, to bring in D'Lo um, and, and, you know, to, to get out of the Andrew Wiggins contract, to, to be frank. Um, yeah. You know, if they, if they lose that pick, they lose that pick. And I think he's kind of already considered, you know, whatever – Whatever will happen will happen. We're not going to really try to uh, impact it by 
you know, tanking games. Uh, this team, Chris Finch said as much pregame last night that there was a message to the team that, you know, they have really prioritized. They're not going to be resting guys just to rest guys and draw criticism, you know, from around the league in that sense. They have really made it a priority to continue to build that chemistry. You know, like you mentioned, the big three, uh, we've really seen D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns click together for the first time uh, in, in what feels like since Devo came in in that trade 14 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Devo had an off shooting night last night, but he was the catalyst in the win on Monday against Utah through an alley-oop to Cat. They were kind of laughing and smiling and joking. And, you know, that's that's what Gerson Rosas envisioned. Now, it's certainly a small sample size, and certainly you want to see them continue to build, but you know, that, that chemistry that they have where they can kind of run the same pick and roll, they could run it four straight times because they could get four straight results in terms of, you know, Cat slipping to the basket and Delo finding him on a, a really tight thread of a pass. Delo pulling up for a three, Cat popping back for a three. There, there's all kinds of, you know, just the synergy those two guys have and the ability to run that kind of a simple play and still – uh, get some different angles and, and results and wrinkles um, is just kind of a small glimpse of, of what those two should continue to grow together and, and be able to do. Next up for the Wolves is Golden State tomorrow night. Uh, Warriors got thumped, 30-point loss to the Mavericks last night, 133-103. Um, Warriors fighting for, for that playoff spot, like we mentioned before, and even 31-31. and What can we expect from Steph Curry, uh, Andrew Wiggins, and the, and the Warriors tomorrow night? You know, it was interesting. I was obviously following that game, uh, following the box score while we were on the air last night, and uh, it it was wild to, you know, you see the score and you think, oh, the Warriors must must be on a back-to-back or something, resting some guys. But, you know, Curry was out there. Wiggins was out there. Um, Looked like kind of an off-shooting night, and it looked like kind of, uh, you know, the Mavs just jumped on them in the first quarter. I, I think they're at one point midway through the first there was a 36 to four Dallas run. Wow. And sometimes that's, that's all she, she wrote, you know, in an NBA game. And, and when a team gets rolling like that, um, it's really tough to overcome that. So that, that could have been what happened. Like you said, Golden State still very much, uh, you know, they're not letting off the gas over these final three weeks. And Steph Curry, especially, especially has been kind of on an MVP type tear in terms of the shooting, in terms of the scoring numbers. Um, so that'll be really interesting to see how, you know, what kind of a, as the Wolves defense has kind of really improved uh, over this last, let's call it, you know, they had the bad, bad first quarter on Saturday in Utah where they allowed the Jazz to get 40. Yep. Uh, but then Chris Finch said after that win against the Jazz on Monday that he thought his team had put together seven straight really good quarters defensively. So played pretty well last night in Houston in terms of the defense and, if they can continue to do that, continue to build something defensively, put together some sort of a game plan that frustrates Curry, that'll be a big, uh, a big step forward because he's a guy who, you know, can really make it tough for even the best defenses in the league. You can catch Wolves basketball tomorrow night right here on KDLM, the station you can count on for the Wolves. 6.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock tip-off, big game against Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, and the Golden State Warriors. Cal Soderquist from the Wolves Radio Network, thanks so much for, for calling in today. As uh, we, we appreciate you every Wednesday. We'll chat again next week. You got it, Zeke. Everyone, uh, everyone stay safe, take care, and uh, we'll talk soon. Can't wait. It's Vader looking good. So we die. Dude!
Uh, Ryan, if you missed any of that, uh, the positive Wolves talk today, it doesn't happen very often. You can go back and listen to it momentarily on demand at KDLMRadio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, to re-listen to uh, whether it, it's it's our interview with Cal from today or our interview with Kevin Fullness or Kate Smith from, from yesterday, or we talked to Keith Brake about Bison football on Monday. All those episodes are available on demand, both at KDLMRadio.com. You can also subscribe where you get those podcasts. Here's coming up on KDLM today, a uh, couple, couple games. Couple good ones I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I hope. First up is Twins Baseball. They've lost 11 of the last 13 games. Looking to avoid the sweep against Cleveland today. 11.30 pregame show with Corey, Danny, Chris, and the crew. And then 12.10 first pitch. Jay Happ on the mound for the Twins. He's 1-0, 1.69 ERA. His last time out was last week against Pittsburgh. Friday, I believe, was five outs away from a no-hitter. So hopefully J-Hab can replicate some of that same success at, uh, at at noon today. Then tonight, 5.45 pregame show, 6 o'clock puck drop, Minnesota Wild. They've won seven straight games. They've locked up a spot in the playoffs, but they're still battling with Colorado for the, for the two and the three seed. The team they're playing tonight, St. Louis, is still battling for that fourth spot, only a couple points ahead of the Arizona Coyotes. It'll be the first of three straight games against the St. Louis Blues coming up for the Minnesota Wild. We'll have all the action tonight, starting at 5.45 with the pregame show, 6 o'clock puck drop, Wild versus Blues on KDLM tonight. You can find that full broadcast schedule online at KDLMradio.com. That's a wrap for the Sports Wrap. Tomorrow, going to be pretty NFL draft-heavy because, well, tomorrow is the NFL Draft. We'll be joined by Matthew Collar from Purple Insider talking about what the Vikings should do at 14, if they should move up for a quarterback or an offensive lineman, if they should move back and stockpile some more picks. We'll get Matthew's take on the on the Vikings NFL Draft tomorrow at about 9.45 right here on KDLM. You're in tune to KDLM Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, just after 10 o'clock right now. Off the record with Zeke begins after CBS News.